You're listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. On every episode, I talk to you about uplifting, empowering, and inspirational topics that can help you to stand up and fight those beasts in your life and to just live a life filled with much more happiness, strength, and courage. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find this directly on my website at ValerieSilvera.com. You are not alone. I am standing with you. Hello, friends. I'm titling this episode, Crap, Did I Really Just Pray for Patience? Have you ever prayed for patience? Okay, listen, before I get started, I really want to encourage you to not be afraid to pray for patience, but I'm pretty sure you might be scared after you hear my story. No, seriously, I want to talk about patience, something I was born with practically none of, and how I decided to become more patient, and how I'm still on this journey to acquire more patience. Now, some of you may be really patient people. You are kind of just wired that way, okay? I didn't come into this world with that. I'm a redhead, okay? I'm a very fast thinker, fast mover, you know, fast talker, everything's fast, you know? <laughs> and I was also raised by a single mom, but my mother is a self-proclaimed non-patient person. I mean, I heard that my entire growing up, how impatient she was. She was impatient with us. I mean, that she was just an impatient person. And she was a very young mom, so that probably didn't help her to develop a lot of patience, although it could have. Anyway, so I didn't you know, come into this world being patient. I wasn't raised to be patient. And so, you know, compounding happened, and I was a pretty impatient person. So, I mean, this is kind of a real challenge for people like me who, you know, you're at the grocery store and the checker is slow, slower than molasses in January, right? And you're thinking, oh my gosh, what are you doing, chick? But not everybody does move quickly, right? But I mean, I it took me a long time, many, many, many years, maybe some decades to be more understanding and to not be so impatient with people like that. But so this is kind of funny because my mom told me this story and and I'm not really proud of it. I'm just telling you my stuff here and hopefully it will help you. My mom told me that when I was, I don't know, maybe four years old. Now, what's interesting is I guess I could read at a really young age and I don't know if anybody was teaching me. It's just kind of one of these weird things, but she said I could read the paper when I was five. Probably not a good thing to be reading. In fact, this is kind of funny. I remember that I was about six years old, maybe. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at, at what was going on in the world at that point. But I can remember a headline, and I, I think this is what it said, but I don't, you know, this is my little childhood memory. It said something to the effect that Red China, they called it Red China, had threatened to bomb us. And so I read this article, and I'm scared to death. I can't even sleep. Well, I mean, kids shouldn't be reading the paper when they're five or six or whatever. So this little cousin and I are sitting there, and we are going to play a game. I, who knows? Candyland. I don't know what it was. Some little children's game. And my mom said she comes in, and I'm saying to her, Tammy, this is so simple. Why don't you understand? I mean, that's terrible. What a mean little kid. Uh, 
But I guess it just, it, it didn't make sense to me that, that she didn't understand how to play this game that obviously came easily to me. But I mean, I don't, I don't really like that story very much. Um, I know I was just a little kid, but I don't like that story because it really, really demonstrated a lack of patience and understanding and, and all sorts of things that I just don't like that story. But I thought I would tell it to you because some of you are like me. You know, we kind of came into this world with not a lot of patience. Maybe you were raised around people who are not very patient. And so this stuff is not second nature to you. Now, I know people who are really patient, just naturally. You know, there's very calm people. And they're just slow moving and really patient. And, and I've always kind of envied. I know we're not supposed to envy, but I have. I've envied those kind of people and wondered, how do you get like that? And thought, well, I'm never going to be like that. Now, I'm probably never going to be the most patient person in the world. But you can develop a lot more patience. And, you know, I'll probably be working on this till I die. But so... I wondered how those people were like that. And I thought again, you know, my wiring, the red hair. And so I made all sorts of excuses for me to not be patient. So I decided one day that I wanted to be a patient person. I wanted to be like these other people who were patient. And so I, I mean, I got serious about it. I mean, I hit my knees or I don't know, laid in the bed, whatever I did. And I asked God in all earnesty, for patience. I want to be patient. And you know, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but it's almost as if I thought that he was just going to reach down with his magic wand and go, zap, you're patient. You know, I would just be patient. Well, I guess you, you actually have to do some stuff to get patient. You have to work on it. But also it seemed like the, you know what, hit the fan shortly after I prayed for that. So right after this patience prayer, uh, we belonged to this country club, and I was up um, on an early morning where I was up putting on the practice putting green, and the golf pro, his name was Pepe, and he was on the golf green with me, just kind of, you know, not together. We were away from each other, but he was also the golf pro that I took lessons with. So this is why he could really relate to this story about me with patience. So we're just kind of putting along, and at some point, you know, we got near each other, and we were just chit-chatting about whatever, and I have no idea why, how, what... But for some reason, I mentioned to him about how I was working on my patience. Probably had something to do with how impatient I was with my golf game. As a matter of fact, it had to be that. That would be why I would tell him. Before I continue to tell you about the story of the patient, you know, what his reaction was to my patience prayer, let me tell you how much he understood my impatience. So again, he's my golf pro, my teaching pro. So Again, remember, I'm not a patient person. I don't like to practice. I call it the, you know, the, the P word is against my religion. You know, I don't like to practice. Sitting there and do something over and over, repetition. I'm so bored I could scream. So, you know, in order to get good at something like golf, you kind of have to practice. So I didn't, I, you know, I tried to be a good student, but I probably didn't practice as much as I should. So there I was, this is a great example. There I was up on the, on the driving range with Pepe one day. And he had given me these two boxes that were long boxes that golf clubs came in. So two long boxes, right? And you'd lay them on the ground and the ball was in between and it was to figure out my swing path so that my arms would come down, you know, in a, in a nice line for my follow through. So you put these boxes down there and the idea was not to hit the boxes. 
Another story I'm not that proud of, but here it goes. So there I was one day with these stupid boxes trying to do this thing that he's showing me how to do. I'm getting so frustrated, you know, and I don't want to start, you know, swearing and yelling and, you know, acting like a fool. So I just acted like a mini fool. I picked up my bag, put it over my shoulder, reached down, got these two boxes and literally just walked straight to my car. I never even said anything to the guy. I never even said goodbye. I literally picked up the boxes and, you know, went to my car like a four-year-old. I was so frustrated and so impatient. He forgave me though. It was okay. So there we are this one day up there on this practice putting green, not shortly after, or I should say shortly after that. And when I told him about my prayer, he literally stopped in mid putt and he goes, no, no, you didn't, you didn't pray for patience. And I went, well, yeah, well, I mean, what's wrong with that? I thought that was a good thing to pray for. And he goes, oh no, oh no, 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 oh boy. And I was like, what the heck? So his reaction was so, and he, he's a really godly guy. So I was thinking, man, he knows something I don't know. He knows stuff. So I might've made a big old blunder here. So I said, well, can I take it back? And he said, no, it's too late. You asked for it. And I mean, it, I say this kind of, you know, laughing and joking, but it really seems like shortly after that, that you know what hit the fan and all hell broke loose. And, and now whether or not I prayed for patience, I'm pretty darn sure that all hell was going to break loose in my daughter's life. I don't really think my prayer caused it to happen, but God certainly did use that situation, those situations, that very long extended period of time in my life to answer my prayer. So again, I don't want this to scare you from asking for patience, praying for patience and going after it and doing what you can to build your patience. I mean, I don't want to scare you, but I also want to be real and honest with you. Like I always am. You might have to go through some stuff. You might be allowed to go through some stuff to help you develop patience. Again, maybe that stuff was going to happen in your life anyhow, but now you can use it as an opportunity. You can use it as an opportunity to build up your patience. Um, I mean, especially when, you know, here's the thing. Nobody's going to escape this life without stuff. I mean, hard stuff without heartbreak and without wishing something was happening quicker you know, nothing ever seems to go on our timetable. You know, I mean, it's like God's up there with some other kind of calendar system or something. I don't know what's going on, but you know, there's so many things that we can't control and things just never seem to go as quickly as we want or as slowly as we want. If it's something we really like that's happening. So in order for you to just live life and have any amount of peace, you really need to have some patience. And, and that's really what prompted me probably to ask for patience is that this, I was really on this quest for peace. I mean, I called it my frantic quest for peace. I'll talk about that another time. If I haven't already on a podcast, I'll talk about my frantic quest for peace, but my life was so chaotic around me. And then I'm this impatient person. And so I just had no peace. I felt, I felt as if it was just anxiousness all the time. I mean, no wonder I have adrenal fatigue. You know, my adrenals were just going and going and going for so long. And I just, 
wanted peace probably more than anything else. I mean, that's what I started to pray for more than anything else. I wanted peace. And I understood that being an impatient person was not going to get me any amount of peace. It certainly wasn't going to contribute to having a peaceful life, being impatient all the time. And so these are the kind of things that you can think about in your life, you know, where there are areas that you might be impatient. I can probably give you some examples that most of us can identify with. How about driving? Driving down the road, you know, often there are people who are not paying attention. And I mean, that's just flat out frustrating because they should be paying attention when they're driving. But I live in an area where we have a certain population that's older. I live in Palm Springs, California, and there are a lot of retirees here. And so there are people who probably need to drive slower. And it's really kind of weird that I'm in this area where there are a lot of retirees, but the speeds are really high on roads. When I lived in Seattle, these would be on, uh, not at least not the free, well, the freeway people are flying, forget that. But I'm talking about just, you know, I don't know what you'd call these kind of roads, you know, roads that just go from stoplight to stoplight. Those roads would be 35 miles per hour, maybe 40 miles per hour when I was in Seattle. And here they are 50 but everybody speeds here. So people are going 60. I mean, that's just on these normal roads that, you know, have lights every, you know, half a mile. So this is also a very touristy area and a population that live part of the year here. So, you know, you've got tourists that don't know where they're going. They're not familiar with the roads. You have older people that their reflexes aren't as quick or anything. And so I'm pretty glad that I got a lot more patient with that before moving here because that could really cause me a lot of frustration. And this is something interesting because guess who inherited that from me? Probably DNA and probably behavior-wise, my son. Yes. So my son calls me a lot when he's on his way home from work, so he's in the car. I mean, invariably, almost every single time, he calls me, he's, you know, mad at somebody on the road, you know, somebody cut him off something, you know, and there might be real reasons for that, but I really don't want him to feel so angry on the road because that just causes a lot of frustration and it's not helping. I mean, the people aren't doing anything different because you're in your car swearing at them. So just having a little bit more patience and understanding that maybe people aren't as quick as you on the road. Maybe they don't, um, you know, have as good of reflexes, maybe that, you know, whatever it is. So driving is a really good example. Another example is in a checkout line. How are you in a checkout line? Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm just telling on myself all over the place here. It used to drive me absolutely nuts. And for those of you who are a lot younger, you're going to go, huh? What's a check? What's a checkbook? <laughs> but back in the day, we used to, a lot of people used to use checks at the grocery store, right? They didn't have these little debit card machines and everything. So, I mean, most people wrote checks unless they paid cash. Sometimes they took credit cards at some point, but for a lot of years, people wrote checks. This used to drive me batty when somebody would have a huge load of groceries and they're just standing there doing nothing. And they're checking out the groceries, they're bagging. I mean, this is this whole routine that goes on for 10 minutes. And then the checker, the checker says, you know, here's your total. And then the person goes, oh, looks, gets their purse off their shoulder, you know, puts it up on the counter, 
searches around in their purse, you know, looking around, finding, looking for the checkbook. Oh, here's my checkbook. Takes it out. Excuse me, do you have a pen? You know, and then they're getting there and they're right. How much was that again? You know, and they're right in their check. And you're in the back of the line going, okay, this cantaloupe is going to be launched at her head if she doesn't hurry up. <laughs> I'm going to go nuts here, right? You know what I'm talking about? And so that's what, you know, that that's, I mean, nah. I feel like I had a right to be going crazy here. I mean, I wanted to go up and say, what are you thinking? Why don't you just take out the, the, you know, the checkbook beforehand and write everything out except for the total. But I mean, if I think about it, really, that whole process of this person doing that probably was an extra three minutes. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, not enough to ruin my life, but I used to let it really frustrate me. So here's the deal. If you're doing that, the person who just did that, first of all, it's causing them stress, which is probably not cool. But then they go off about their life and they haven't thought anything about you unless it was to call you a blankety blank because they could hear you back there <coughs> all frustrated or, you know, saying something under your breath to the other people in line. So, you know, that, so that didn't, you know, add to their life, obviously. And then they go about their life and you're left stewing and frustrated and anxious and your blood pressure's up and all this stuff over something so simple. Now, staying with the checkout counter, I really don't mean to insult anybody who's in retail because there are some really great people in retail, but it seems like today, I don't know, people have forgotten how to count change. And, you know, again, back in the day, they didn't have them telling you exactly how much money you had to give back to the person for change. They actually had to do some math in their head and count it out and everything. They don't even have to do that now and they have a hard time with it. But a lot of times too, at a checkout counter, someone will be on the phone, you know, talking to a friend on their cell phone or something. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier, I guess is my point, to get impatient now because there's a lot of distractions. People are really distracted. And so customer service isn't what it was. So we are really challenged more and more and more to develop patience. So how do you develop that patience? I mean, really, what did I do to develop patience? I mean, that's the big question, huh? Because again, I told you that when I prayed for it, God didn't, you know, reach down with his magic wand and zap me over the head. I wish he would have, but he didn't. And I say that I, you know, I went through a bunch of stuff to have to get it. So I'm not suggesting that you should just hang out and wait for something really significant and horrible and challenging and bad in your life, and then you'll be able to develop it. Woo! What a plan. You're probably going to turn this off right now <laughs> listening to that. But you will come up with some challenges in your life, period, because life has challenges. So that's one of the first things you can do is think about this when a challenge comes up no matter how big or no matter how small. Maybe it's somebody at work that drives you absolutely nuts. Perhaps it is the fact that no matter how many times you try to even patiently ask your husband to put the things back in the same place in the kitchen, sorry, Rich, and he doesn't, Try to have some patience. <laughs> Honestly, what I do, and I know he's out there listening to me, but I'm just being honest. What I do, because I like things in, a, in put back where they belong, because I don't like to have to search for things. It makes no logical sense to me. Obviously, his brain's wired a little differently, so I'm trying. I really am trying, Rich. I'm trying to be more patient. 
And then sometimes I think to myself, if he weren't around, I would wish he were here putting things in what I consider the wrong place. So that's one thing you know you can do. It, it really goes back to your mindset and to changing how you think of things. You know, how you decide to, and a lot of it is just that, trying to understand that people don't think the same way you do. Personally, I think the world would be, at least my world would be a whole lot easier and perhaps even better if people would just think like I do, right? Don't you think that in your life? It would be a whole lot easier, but it doesn't seem to work like that. So when you get into these really challenging, tough situations that are really challenging you, they're heartbreaking, they're, they're difficult, they're frustrating, they're so beyond challenging, those are incredible opportunities for you to develop patience. So you just decide. I mean, you literally might need to take some good breaths in and breaths out. Because as soon as you start to feel that anxiousness, you know, the blood pressure's going up and the, you're holding your breath, you're breathing shallow. I mean, all your cells are getting all out of whack. Really seriously, just stopping and taking some deep breaths can seriously help the situation, especially in that first moment where you catch yourself becoming really impatient. Another thing you can do is I know you're a good person and that you care about people and you know, you want to be empathetic and, and all of that. Cause I mean, everybody has a good, a, you know, I mean, I would, everybody, I don't know, maybe there's some people who are just awful people, but I think most people, you know, do want to be a good people and do care about others. So perhaps you could just do that, you know, think about that others. Cause again, a lot of the people who are impatient are those of us who are quick thinkers. Now, listen, it doesn't necessarily mean we're smarter than other people. We're quicker and maybe we're smarter in some ways. Everybody's smarter in different ways. But those of us that are really quick, quick thinkers, and we do things quickly, our, our brains are just wired to move quickly. We tend to be the people who are really super impatient because we don't understand why other people don't move at the same pace we do. And so really trying to step back and think about, you know, maybe think about somebody that you love and if that maybe isn't as quick as you are and how you would feel if somebody were treating them impatiently, if somebody was, you know, swearing at them on the road or, you know, making all sorts of, you know, gestures and things like that in the checkout line. So really think about how you would feel if it were somebody that you love or what about you? Maybe there's something that you're not as quick at that somebody else is, even if you're a quick person. How would you like it if somebody was all impatient with you because you didn't understand something to the degree that they do? Because listen, there's, I don't care who it is. They, there are everybody out there knows something you don't know. <laughs> you know, there's always somebody out there that knows stuff you don't and gets things quicker in a certain area. So that's another thing is to think about that. And you know, the main thing of this whole reason that I wanted to bring this to your attention today is again, I'm, I'm still not the most patient person in the world, but I am so much more of a patient person. I really can take things in stride now and I don't let things upset me that I used to. And, and all of this goes along with my entire journey, people. I mean, it goes along with me developing all sorts of other things and changing my attitude and using those nine actions to battle your beast and really, you know, changing myself. But this is a big one. This having patience. I think the most difficult thing for me is having patience 
in building my business, in spreading my message. And, um, you know, these things take time and there's learning curves with everything. And so my point is that I think I'm the least patient now with myself. And so I'm really trying to work on that too, because I love this and I never thought I would really experience this. I love feeling at peace. I love not being stressed out. I love feeling as if whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. It is the most magnificent feeling in the world. So once again, if you want to live a more peaceful life, patience is something you might need to develop. It might be, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, this peace and patience thing. So maybe some of these tips or perhaps me even just bringing it to your attention that you could be, should be, might want to be a more patient person will help you do just that. So you can always learn more about all of my work, everything that I'm doing, working on, stay connected with me at ValerieSilvera.com. Be sure to join my mailing list because I send out at least once a week, I send out an encouraging email that can really help you to stay on track with whatever it is you're trying to do in your life. So stay connected with me, get on my email list, follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and my podcast at Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Remember, whatever it is that you're going through in this life, we're all in this thing called life together. You are not alone. No matter how alone you feel, there's always somebody out there who understands. And there's always hope that your life can change, no matter how you feel today. But it's up to you. You have to take a step forward to change your life. So make that decision today to stand up and fight. This has been another uplifting episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Whatever you are going through, please remember that you are not alone. I am standing with you. Music